This episode is sponsored by our good friends at Cruise. Cruise has been an innovator of hospitality experiences since the opening of its first location in 1972. They are an ACDBE Prime operator operating 30-plus award-winning food and beverage and retail locations in four major U.S. airports. Core to their success is the company's focus on partnership, operational excellence, innovation, and integrity. And although the Cruise family has been in business for nearly 50 years, the Cruise team still thinks and acts very much like a startup. And through this mindset and a focus on the professional and personal development of the Cruise team members, they instill the hospitality entrepreneurial spirit at every level of the company, creating the recipe for success for Cruise, their partners, and guests alike. This is episode 59 of the Airport Experience News Podcast. I'm Ramon Lowe, the publisher of AXN and the host of this pod. You hear that music and you know that it's time for our monthly series, Ones to Watch. So on this episode, I'm with Devin Judd. He's the Director of Concessions Development for the Metropolitan Washington Airports Authority and someone I have known for quite some time. Actually, Devin and I met at the tail end of his time with Jacobson and really mostly when he was at Atlanta and of course now with MWA. Anyway, Devin is someone you really, really need to keep an eye on because, well, I'm expecting a lot of great things from him. So, like previous guests, when we do Ones to Watch, Devin talks about how he got into the business, the things he loves about the industry, how he honors his mentors by paying it forward, and more. So here is my conversation with Devin Judd. So I am here with a dear friend. I'm here with Devin Judd, the Director of Concessions Development at the Metropolitan Washington Airports Authority, or specifically, Devin, what you're responsible for, Washington Dulles and Ronald Reagan National. Devin, thanks for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you, Ramon. It's great to be here. So uh, we've known each other for a while now, yeah. right? Uh, I think we mentioned, I th- we were sp- speaking before we started recording and thinking, I knew you starting towards your tail end maybe with Jacobson, and then mostly, obviously, from Atlanta going Correct. forward. Correct. Right? So, so it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, like you said, Jacobson Daniels, I was with them when we first met. And then when I got into Atlanta, you know, our mutual friend, Paul Brown, you know, brought us together. Maybe. So it was it's match made in heaven. Excellent. Excellent, man. So um, I just want to give you a little bit of background. Obviously, we spoke already about this, but uh, I just wanted to let you know that we are doing a monthly series called Ones to Watch, and it's where we focus on emerging, not that you're emerging, or uh, little-known members of commercial management teams across North America. And uh, like I said, we know each other way back near Atlanta days, now to EMWA. So what I want to do is really focus on the background, that your history in this industry. And so my first question is kind of simple. You know, What brought you into this industry? So I majored, when I entered college, I was going to major in chemistry. And okay. I started off chemistry major, wanted to be a pharmacist, but that was built on, you know, sort of a pipe dream. I had known a, <laughs> known a friend who was a, a, a pharmacist and she drove a nice car and, you know, she worked pretty good hours. So I said, hey, what did you major in? She said chemistry. And I said, I'm going to do that as well. <laughs> and at the time I was doing well in my chemistry class, pulling, pulling an A in the class. And I decided that should be good. I like science. So getting into getting into Hampton University, chemistry 101 was great. Chemistry 201, which was organic chemistry, kicked my butt, and I could not I could not maintain the level of intensity and in, in the dedication to maintain an A average. Was talking with a friend who was studying to become a pilot. I said, Hey, I've always wanted to become a pilot, <laughs> so I did that. 
uh, have about four hours in a Cessna 152 circling an airport. I don't know how to land. I don't know how to take off. I just know how to circle. But you know what? You made it though because we're talking right now. Right. Exactly. So I made it because I had an instructor who did the 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 takeoff and the landing. Um, after those four hours, I went back to the professor and I said, I can't do flying. I'm just not made made for that. You're made for being a passenger. I'm not made for being a passenger and I love flying. I just don't want to be in control of the aircraft. So I told him, I'm just going to go to the business department. And he said, well, if you go to the business department, you'll be in school for four more years. And I was already in school for that first, for that first year. And he said, I'll take all of your science classes and then you can do aviation management, which teaches you about how to run an airport. And at the time I was, wow, they have that. I, right. Yeah. So, you know, learning about the industry, I started to get intrigued about airports being its own little city. And that I started to realize that airports are led by the CEOs and airport directors and executive directors. And so that business side of things and the operational side and the financial side, when you combine all that together, they have to work together, but work they don't work independently of each other sure. is what I'm trying to come across. So I think that airports being its own little city, starting to realize that you know you can actually lead an airport one day, that's what is really intriguing and exciting to me in this industry. Perfect. Of course, we got, we're doing this live in LA at AMAC, and of course, being downtown, there's got to be, there's got to be some sirens going on, but that's okay, that's good, that, that's, that's part of recording live. Um, so really, just a step aside a second, do you still have a love or maybe a fondness for chemistry in some ways? Um, STEM, in, in perhaps? STEM courses, yes. I think that STEM is very important, or STEAM, if you want to STEAM, add the yes, arts to arts, it. Yes. Um, I think it's very important, and my kids... It's really trying to gauge how they feel or where they're gravitating towards. And now that, you know, my parents didn't know certain things when we were coming up. Um, but as we start to get older, we start to build on that knowledge. So it's easier for me to direct to, to direct them into areas that they gravitate towards. Yeah, perfect, perfect. So my question to you is, you know, um, what in this industry do you find really unique, unique and exciting? So each and every day... Um, you can be doing something different. Uh, when my career first started, you know, you could be on the airfield one day taking a look at hangar space, or later that day you could be in the terminal taking care of um, concessions areas. You just never knew. Um, so my day was just, it was varied. And I never thought, you know, you always work at a job and you think that, okay, I'm gonna be doing this all day sitting behind the desk. But if you really don't get out and explore the airport, that's what's exciting to me. I get to get out, I get to be out, be out on the airfield sometimes. I get to be within the terminal looking at passengers, you know, making sure that everything's just running smoothly. It's organized chaos. So that's what I find very exciting. There's still some science involved though. I mean, right, you're watching the passenger flows or traffic flows and seeing how everything kind of works together as an organism. Yes working together in concert, uh, yes, I guess. that is. So there's, you know, you can't take, right now we call it data. Everything is data-driven. So, you know, the science of reading that data, interpreting that data, trying to glean what decisions you can make from that and, and just really managing by the data, that's where that science background for me comes in, trying to think through things analytically. Perfect. 
So this wasn't one of my questions, but like I just thought of it just now. Um, so you were with Jacobson. Actually, let's go back because you. I believe you started at Jacksonville. Started correct? at Jacksonville. Um, and and what to, were you doing there? I was properties, properties business development. So working on uh, general aviation, working on concessions, uh, parking, um, special projects. At the towards the end of my time at uh, Jacksonville, I was doing a little bit of um, airline properties. Um, so rates and charges, uh, a little bit of the uh, working with their airline property staff to to get their leasing done and just taking them through the process. I touched a little bit on air service development, but I didn't really get into that as, as much as I wanted to before leaving. Um, so that was eight years of my life that was a tremendous foundation. Then moved over to Jacobs and Daniels as a project consultant, working on master planning. Um, uh, strategic planning, uh, business planning, and other just implementation, mass, you know, projects. And then obviously, big one, so ATL. Big one, <laughs> ATL, which was a dream airport to get into. Yeah. I always wanted to be at ATL, uh, being the the busiest airport in the world. So I was fortunate enough to be brought in by one of our mutual friends, Paul Brown, PB. and. Um, it was concessions development management, you know, so just the overseeing the project development and the business development of the concessions program. So, so I don't, I don't know if you listened, but I did speak with our mutual friend Demetria yes. Weidman. Yes. Uh, she was one of these uh, on the series as well, and obviously sharing what brought her into the space. And um, I spoke to Brian Francis uh, many yep. months ago. Yep. Yep. Now he's heading up Oakland. It seems like um, people earn their stripes in some ways going through Atlanta. No, seriously, <laughs> yes. seriously. Yeah. You, you learn a lot. It's like going through the fire. Like, you can handle that. Right, you can handle anything. We always say when we come to these conferences, all the Atlanta folks, former Atlanta <laughs> folks, get together for one, one picture or one family reunion. And it's, it's pretty, it's great. I think it's great. We'll return to my conversation with Devin Judd. Once again, this episode is sponsored by Cruise. They are an ACDBE operator. They feature award-winning food and retail concepts. They are in four major U.S. airports. And you know what? They've been in business for nearly 50 years. And you don't achieve any of that success without innovative and strategic thinking, along with a hospitality and entrepreneurial spirit. Learn more about Cruise and visit Cruise1972.com. Now, back to the episode. So, obviously, your time in Atlanta, then uh, now to, to MWA. So... Focusing on your time at MWA, mm -hmm. actually, you know what? I'm going to open it up. Yeah. It doesn't have to be just MWA. It could be back in Atlanta, Jacksonville, et cetera. You know, talk about a specific event during uh, your time in this industry that provided to be a point of learning. So I'm going to take you back to Jacksonville, okay. where I was less than one year into my career. Um, and I was project manager for a retail solicitation for one single retail space, less than 500 square feet. And the incumbent tenant was a local entrepreneur who sold souvenirs and trinkets. And they had expressed their concern about the possibility of not being a winning proponent on this particular solicitation. So the inexperienced me tried to reassure them that it would be okay, that they have as good a chance as anyone. And I thought very highly of them. So in communicating that, it was lost in translation to them that, you know, upon them not being selected, they went to the board as a protest and, and mischaracterized um, my statements uh, started trying to lie to make their arguments seem to be tilted towards them. And um, what that really taught me that business is business. Yes. And there is a need to be fair and transparent during this process. 
But for me, that cone of silence is very, it's very important that you maintain that. So being in the line of, of concessions development where you're uh, going through these solicitations and you know all, all these people in the industry, business is business. We make decisions based upon the data we're given. Uh, we try to make informed decisions based upon the research analysis, combining that with the data, the expertise, getting, um, getting the input of others around you through the evaluation committees. It's really just business. No, so you, you, you share the process so it's fair and transparent, but then you, you gotta maintain you gotta maintain that integrity throughout the process. So that was your first solicitation. Right off the and right, right off, off the, the bat, bat, all that happened. Right, right off the bat. I have not gone through another protest in my entire career. And it's been twenty plus years. Not knocking on wood. We're knocking, knocking on, on wood right now. Yeah. Oh. So that's well, that's a great point of learning because you know it, it, it does tend to happen and probably shapes Shapes you and how you want to structure other solicitations going Absolutely. forward, and how you want to handle them, which is great. That obviously that that cone of silence is Absolutely. is perfect. Um, so talk about a favorite part of your job. Now you already mentioned not one day is the same. Correct. And there's always something different. Um, it could be even within let's say one specific aspect of your job. There's always uh, each day brings something else. Now as your responsibilities grow, obviously that's just you're juggling a lot. But like talk about some of the things you do enjoy. So, you know, one of the reasons I love coming to AMAC is you're meeting a lot of entrepreneurs, small businesses, ACDBEs, DBEs. And so my favorite part of the job is finding that small business that starts off in an airport environment. One single location, um, new to the industry, so they haven't really gone through that learning curve to know I have to do X, Y, Z in order to be a successful um, operator inside an airport. And then, you know, watching that growth transform and you see them at these conferences, you meet with them on a, on a daily, monthly, annual basis. And then as you start, start to give them their space and you walk away from it, whether you stay at that airport or you come back and visit, they have started to expand into other airports. And in, at, that, at their specific airport, expanding into maybe getting into an inline space. So seeing that initial the growth of initial company and that growth over time, that's very satisfying. And I, I've gone through that on a number of occasions in my career where little projects that I started off, whether it's massage or whether it's um, uh, lounges, mm -hmm. um, it could be almost any small thing that it started in airports years ago. And you see that growth and you see these entrepreneurs who are now, you know, prime prime um uh you know primes on contracts it's just a, it's wonderful to be a part of that and not to make us older than we need to be Devin, but we've got a we have enough time now in this industry to have seen a lot of a lot of change yeah it's perspective yeah um one of my mentors and, we're, and i think we're going to get to the the mentor question but sure, one of sure. my mentors would always say no you haven't had time in this industry to <laughs> have perspective and to know that you know you can go to an airport and you've only been to one airport yep and you really you know in, re in, in reality it's you know you've been to many airports and you have that perspective of everybody's going through the same sort of issues and the same sort of or same sort of things and it, it let's just let's calm down let's look at it holistically 
So it, it's good to have that perspective behind me now. And, and I'm glad, glad you mentioned mentors. That is my next question. You know, um, I'm, we have many. Whether we choose them or they choose us, right. it, it, they find us in some way. So would love to share. Uh, you know, would love for you to share your mentor. It could be men- multiple mentors, right? It, we're not birthed by usually in our careers by one person. So definitely share who your mentor mentors were, um, and maybe what they shared with you and, and what you've learned from them. So. Everybody has many mentors, and and I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm no different. You know, I admire a lot of people in this industry, and I, I was sort of reluctant to mention names because it would take you know two to three hours to go through. Or, and, and we want, if we don't want, we want to make sure we name everybody too. <laughs> <laughs> right, we want to make sure we want to name everybody and, and name drop everybody. But when I started to really think about this question, um, the most common theme from the best mentors and the consistent theme was people helped you to get to where you are. And it's up to you, the payment for to us for helping you is you turn around and help somebody behind you. And so being accessible to as many people as possible, whether it's at conferences, whether it's at the office, taking phone calls, taking meetings, following through is, is the responsibility to give back in this industry. I meet students every day and I think back to where I was at sitting in their shoes and all they need is information. Information to that they can take back and say, okay, how can I craft this into my own plan to achieve my goals? And so I think back to those situations where I found myself in when I can just glean information from those mentors and I try to do the same thing. I met a guy yesterday from out of San Francisco who's in their operations department and you know whether he sought me out or whether it was just fate that we were ending up at the same reception, he started asking about, hey, can we just get together at yeah. some point to just talk through stuff? <laughs> and you yeah. know that stuff can be anything, um, whether it's work-related, whether it's um, you know personal-related with family. You know, it. I've been through a lot as far as just career, personal, mm-hmm. and and so that perspective you can add that. You can add that to uh, to the conversation, and that's people who are. I'm not gonna. This isn't really for anyone that's already in the industry, but people outside the industry when they talk to me and say, you know, what's this industry like? What are the people like? Because they think of it as like this vast network or this huge organization, whatever it is, and it is. But yet it's so small, intimate, and as you and I know, it's a small world, literally a small world, and. for me personally, uh, so many people have always been have been kind when I've had questions or you know guidance on things. Uh, Paul Brown, you mentioned it. Paul Brown's been one to me in the past. Um, you know, do you agree with that though? I mean, because like you can kind of reach out to someone just like that person reached out to you now. Yeah, it's it's a it's a vast industry, but it's a small sort of world, mm-hmm. and everybody knows everybody. Yes, in this industry, and the cool thing about being in airports is yes we compete against each other on on certain levels but you can call any I like the fact that you can call any airport and ask them for information they give their perspective and insight into what's going on in your particular situation you I don't know if that is anywhere else I've only been in the aviation industry and no, so that true. that brotherhood or that sisterhood that we have that family bond that we all have in this industry we can touch anybody anywhere because we've all experienced it, experienced it collectively. 
and th- to me that having that network of individuals and mentors and you know people who are, we we admire has mm-hmm. been great for my growth and development and it's funny because like I, obviously the airport side which you're on that's uh, it's a no-brainer right. you want to call someone a dfw or indianapolis or san francisco whatever right. you can get that those learnings even on the operator side absolutely surprisingly i would think because again they're competitors but there's i mean because i guess people still work within the industry yeah. they, they've all sprung from a certain tree and uh, they just know each other that way but i'm i'm always happily surprised that people are still not just willing to share information but guidance on things correct and on the operator side you know when i ask them or when i approach them it's really about what they see not trying to get into any trade secrets or anything sure, sure. but you know they give us what they can and a lot of times it's tremendous insight into how we can mold and manage our our issues and our tasks at at my respective airport so it's not only airports, it's the concessionaires, it's the operators, it's sort of everybody that will provide some insight into whatever you're going through. So going back, you mentioned you, you, you speak to kids, or students, I should say students. Um, um, do you provide personally mentor anyone, maybe at MWA or during your time now to pay it forward like you? Absolutely. So ever since I... Uh, got my accreditation. I've been helping out several of several colleagues with getting their accreditation, and it, it's yes, it's a mentor because some of them may call back and say, "Hey, I, I'm I'm going for this job interview. Any tips you can share, or do you know anybody who does cargo?" And you know, when I get those when I get those inquiries, you know, you want to direct them to the right place. I'm always available to do that. Um, I really I could not say that I have specific people that. You know, we do this on a on a weekly basis or a monthly basis, but it's really just being accessible to 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 anybody who reaches out. Um, throughout my career, there have been people that we've done regular regular talks. Um, those have gone well. You sort of outgrow that when you get to where you ever wherever you need to be. But those people that you mentor now, now that they've gone through portions of their career they're your colleagues now sure and you know that mentorship is no longer a a mentor it's more of you know can i bounce this off of you because i'm going through this you know you know anybody who's going through that so it's sort of building that network and it starts to to spider out and you know we go to these conferences and i can get a phone call from from whoever and say hey go meet with ramon you know he's he's you know doing this thing at at Airport Revenue News and Airport you know, Experience experts News. Experts, exactly. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Um, but we sort of just start the network yeah. and 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 grow together. And they kind of just again because the people in this industry are I, I really can only think of a handful of people. You know, I'm not going to name them, but I you know this industry is really great in terms of just being friendly. It's easy to network. So it's not it's not like you're having to forcefully try to network. It just happens. Correct. Organically. Organically. I mean, it's... Well, that's important because you're talking about networking and building the network. And, and this industry is such where you don't have to try that hard to build it out. I mean, you, you still work at it. Correct. But some things, whether it's the people, yourself, etc., it's just na- it just naturally and organically happens. Yeah, right? and that's what just being at these conferences is all about. Just making yourself available at the all the workshops and all the events that happen. So You get all the meetings. I know you're jumping in the meetings. Hey, Devin, can I get you this, that? Absolutely. It, just, it, it just happens worked. all the time. So you just 
you manage your calendar, you manage your <laughs> schedule, and you just you got to be there, got to be present. No, no, that's that's a great that's great. Um, my next question is, you know, we already talked about a point of learning. I want to talk about a proudest moment during your tenure at, at NY or or during your career. Let's just say. Um, and maybe it's something you've already mentioned, but just share a, a proud moment. Yeah, so I, I mentioned earlier when I got my um, uh, airport executive accreditation, you know, that was uh, a goal I set for myself back in 1997, and I completed wow. the task yeah. in March of 2013. So it took that time to get the perspective mm-hmm. of, you know, being able to go through that process and answer all the multiple choice questions, go in front of a panel and answer all their questions. So after that, I was finally able to consider myself a a professional in this this industry and my confidence level soared. You know, and again, that's that brotherhood and sisterhood Mm -hmm. that comes into play because the compliments and the accolades from other accredited executives, you know, that's tremendous. And you feel like you're invited into this exclusive club and you just feel on top of the world. And so, you know, then others start to seek the same goal and you talk about, you know, you they ask for help to achieve their goals and you just sort of mentor them. So that's the proudest moment. It just gave me the confidence to to be consider myself a professional in this, in this industry. When I think about where I've come from, it's wow, this this young boy from New York, <laughs> North Carolina, you know, whatever you want to wherever you want to call it, it it's been great. So my last, I'm actually gonna ask two last questions, even though I should save one too. But um, one of the first one is uh, during your time at MWAL overseeing Reagan and, and Dulles, et cetera. You you've seen the program and how the industry trends have changed. You know we have uh, definitely have had uh, brands like McDonald's, et cetera, that have been there. I don't know if they're in, in any MWAL location, but you know brands, QSR brands such as those evolve. You get um, new healthier fare like maybe Cava or Sit down uh, restaurants like in in, um, in in Reagan, that new program. So just talk about how you've seen the trends in this industry kind of grow. Yeah. Evolve. So for me, seeing those trends have come from you know you have the the mainstays of your McDonald's and your Burger King and your Wendy's and those do have a place in in airport programs, um, but we've seen more healthy choices come along and cutting edge choices and airport experiences, and you want those you want your passenger to have or to see things that they see on the street or that they experience in other cities and our airports we're all congregating from these other cities and you want to give them that airport experience so you know everybody's on a healthy kick for me I'm on a healthy kick and so when I look at myself as a passenger you know I want to have healthy options Uh, one of the things we're looking at is trying to ensure that at each decision point our passenger can make a decision on whether it's gluten-free make a decision on whether it's vegetarian make a decision on okay i don't want to go you know a a a burger but i may want a salad but they are many different passenger segments and you have to touch on each passenger segment and that's how things evolve because people tastes evolve people evolve and now you have to almost find ways to cater to that. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at those different segments, whether it's a luxury traveler, a family traveler, or the millennial, you know, they all have different tastes, but that common theme of I, I have my my wants. I have yeah. my, you know, I have those desires. And, and sometimes, yeah, there's many different tastes and many different wants, but it's all one 
one very similar set of of need and it's up to us as airports to give them that desire give them those wants give them an experience in our airports where they want to keep coming back or they get on their social media um, and just rave about it and that's one of the biggest things that I see that have changed throughout you know the passengers have access to social media and they can access the the world in a few clicks and a bad experience at your airport can, yes. could be could be the cam you know it could be something that just gets viral in some instances and it can change a program it, it really shapes a program so as concession concessionaires they touch our passenger each and every day airports are the first and last impression of the city so we have to have those cool experiences those good experiences within our airports yeah over the years though you know you again i, I mentioned kava Metsa grill and you have ben's big bowl it's yeah. so it's all representative of the industry the tastes that change it's it's really um you know trend centric yeah it's trend centric and we're going to local you know airports are going to local brands and we're no different we're about 35 40 percent local brands within our airport a lot in the area so yeah. Yeah. you got a lot in the area you know people come to dc for to you know explore the the region but there are a lot of good a lot of good restaurants in the region so we want to try to bring that taste of sure. of the metropolitan area into into our airports excellent so so Devin, my last question for you is, you know, I want you to talk about maybe an event or something that you're looking forward to in, in the airport. So I'm looking forward to the completion of Project Journey at, at Ronald Reagan uh, National Airport. Um, Project Journey consists of the construction of two new security checkpoints, um, structures that allow us to relocate the existing checkpoints that are at the entrances to the concourses and putting them into two new structures. So essentially we're gonna be making National Hall Post security. Nice. Can't so wait for that. Everything Honestly, is. It's going to change how the passenger uses our airport. Um, additionally, we're adding a new 14 gate concourse that will replace Gate 35X on the north on the north pier. Mm -hmm. So today, passengers use Gate 35X in their bus to their aircraft, and they board the aircraft from outside. So they're in the rain. They're in the cold. So we're replacing that experience and improving that experience with the new 14-gate concourse. It's going to have about 10 new opportunities for concessions. Currently, those um, opportunities are out on the street now. And we're looking forward to just completing the Project Journey uh, program in 2021. So that's the major thing I'm looking forward to now. Excellent. Well, Devin, this has been great. And again, my friend, thank you for taking time to speak with me. No problem. Thank you. Any, anything for you. Thank you.